0: Everyone in the entertainment business is sick, genuinely sick, not like cancer or something where it sometimes works out. The ones who aren't sick are just sort of there, hovering, trying to get sick, sort of odd. When you amputate a personality trait like a sense of humor and commodify it, you permanently change your relationship to that part of yourself. In time, you begin looking at things differently, especially things that are meant to be funny. You start looking at them critically This sounds like a little thing, it's not You'll sit while your friends have a discussion And you'll want to plunge a knife into their throat You'll have a degree of talent But you'll think you're better than you are This is necessary You'll need to believe that for many years Even in the cases when it's blatantly untrue Many people will call this delusion And it is But that's your life now You'll have to believe it Never really knowing if it's true Until it's too late That's enough to drive most people mad. The darkness will come and stay. It will leave for brief moments. The good set, the positive email. But it will never fully abate. The only true escape is death.
1: Hey. Oh my God. Sorry about that. Um, I opened this program twice to record and the line... The sound line was just a weird, fuzzy, squiggle line. And I was like, hey, hey, what the deal? What the deal, yo? And I was going to tell you something. And because I fucked up with the recording and the audio and stuff, instead, for the first 30 seconds, you get to hear me complain about it. Good morning, club. What up, baby boy? (laughs) Oh man, today was one of those days where I was like, oh, I just, I would rather just stay in bed. I don't want to get up because, you know, the air outside of your blankets is real crispy. Oh, it's crispy, my friends. That shit is cold and stuff. Even with the heat on, even though it's warmer than it is outside, it is still cold. And I'm not one who particularly enjoys wearing clothing to bed because I like many, many blankets and very little clothing. So underwear and like a sports bra type thing. Yes, yes, that is how I sleep. I am very comfortable. The beginning of this podcast was brought into or, I don't know, initiated, I guess, by a great excerpt. Oh my God, I can't talk. A great excerpt from The Tim Dillon Show. That's a bonus episode, actually. <coughs> it is a bonus episode. Oh, shit. A bonus episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I'm like a 1980. Mazda 323 stalling in the winter because the gears are just not quite clicking and working properly. The machinery requires lubricant, and I think I'm lacking some. So, speaking of lubricant, let's have a sip of coffee. (laughs) Oh my god, you should be aware of your audience, Amy. You shouldn't put this kind of shit in your thing. Nah, if I'm gonna fuck up, you're gonna hear me fuck up, and we're gonna get through this together, okay? Um, just totally fuck what I was saying. I'm just going to go and look at my bloody YouTube studio. Because I got a bunch of comments. And I was like, hey, I should go say hi. I should go say hi to people. Someone said, Amy. Stu Brunts. Hi, Stu. What's up? I see a heart from Sean who... I went back to his channel last night and watched that song he last posted because it's such a nice song. What a pleasant-sounding, beautiful song he just put out, the little demo. Eating a high-quality steak like a Kobe Wagyu steak is definitely a delicious meal for a special occasion. I definitely remember going to a Japanese restaurant looking forward to eating the steak, and to no surprise, it was a marvelous meal. Hey, the hardcore gentleman. What up, baby boy? Um... That's awesome. Yeah, you know what? It was such a wonderful night. I still can't get over it. After we left, me and my friend Sean, I was just like, oh my god, that was the most fun I've had in so long. It was so cool to see that guy cook. There's something really alluring about watching somebody do something that they're really good at. It's inspiring. So You know, yesterday I came home from work. That's where I was trying to start my story. And I was listening or watching these videos of, uh, this is so dorky. I can't even believe I'm admitting this. But you know what? I'm okay with it. All right dead mouse and just how his set is built and he was talking about how he has fit like 15 people employed who have very specific jobs in order to get that shit set up. Now, when you're looking at a stage like at Creamfields where it's outside and it's open and it's large and there's actually room to put out all the screens that they use for these performances and these shows, um it's it's a different experience than when they get to a venue and it's a lot smaller dude he had screens on the ceiling oh and you know what's amazing is there's a real disconnect between being on youtube and having any kind of audience or following and being somebody who creates music and thousands and thousands sometimes like they go to these festivals and there are like 80 90 thousand people like these wonderland um type music festivals where they have like five or six headliners and then they'll have a bunch of you know mid-range shows and stuff not not so well-known djs or whatever and there are just so many people and matt i could not imagine being joel being in that cube and it's just him right it's just him by himself and you look out into a sea of people and everybody is there for you and everybody is screaming for you and whatever you've created the music the beats the melodies and the combination of all those things together plus the incredible light show and just oh my gosh It's amazing. No wonder the energy at these crowd shows are so high. And you know what's great about them too? Nobody gives a shit about anything except listening to the music and having a good time. It's so cool to watch and it's so cool to hear about. And I hope that before he retires, I can see him. Because, oh my God, I need to get good tickets, though. I don't want to be back in the nosebleeds. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to be right up. Right up or in the middle where I can enjoy a lot of that light show. It's incredible to see any videos of any of these production shows um, where they take you behind the scenes and they show you what they're doing. Like, just programming the lights and the screens and the visuals that will be on the screen. Oh my God. I can't. I can't. Oh, that level of synchronicity is just so professional. It's insane. It's insane. So I was dorking out on that last night, and I felt inspired. You know, you feel inspired by people. You just got to just give in to what you love and keep doing it, and don't ever stop find something you love god i can't wait to try my monitor out and fix this computer problem so i can start this little experimentation that i want to do with fruity loops and you know it's cool because i can record my own vocals and i can play with them in there and uh there's a couple of collaborative projects that I would like to do with some with a couple of my friends. So that's something I'm I'm kind of working on too. Just whenever I have the time and I have ideas, I'm just throwing stuff people's way and hoping um, that it'll work out or that something will come of it, you know? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, don't, uh, don't you? I don't know. Just give me one sec here. Uh yes oh, yes okay anyways do you like that vocal fry there hmm ah, 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 ah. what movie was that from she made that sound baby make me make that sound okay I think that was bless up Amy Case so as Sean what up baby boy all right that's the last comment. That I'm going to read today <laughs> Talking Donkey, you're so funny You left a comment on my corn maze episode And he's like, Brian never takes me to the corn maze <laughs> It's so cute Like if I talk about my, my friends over here And my friends on the other side of the line Meaning on the online side um, You know, kind of have this connection through me Where they make jokes and stuff And I told Brian, I was like, hey My friend said uh, he's pretty upset that you didn't ask him to the corn maze. And he just started laughing. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Me, Brian, and Chris have this thing too. Because for the longest time, okay, Brian had this fat crack that just went right across his windshield of his SUV. And I don't remember how Maybe I just actually sent a picture to Chris. I can't remember. Either I sent a picture to him or I sent a video to him and he caught the crack. And for like two years, for two years, I harassed Brian. I was like, Brian, you need to fucking fix that thing. Because if a rock hits it from the back of a truck or something, guess what? Your windshield's going to cave right in. Chris calls it a windscreen. That's what they call it in England. So for a while, both Chris and I started harassing Brian for... Finally, I think it was like two or three years later, he got it fixed. <laughs> and it wasn't just like a little crack. It had started as a little crack about a quarter way into the center, center both vertically and both horizontally. Um, but it was a horizontal crack. And it just went, it started at the right. I think it was from a crack. I, I can't quite remember. And then over the years, it just cracked further and further, and furthermore, (laughs) and then he got it fixed, and legit, like a week ago, he had to get it fixed again, because he was, I think, driving on the highway, or something like that, and then a a little rock, or something, just right there, and I'm like, you better go get that fixed, Chris, too, has he got his windscreen fixed yet, (laughs) and then he did, and we're like, ah, shit, now we got nothing to bitch about, what are we gonna do, i love it this is the nice thing about friends right you can give them a hard time about silly things and mm, about silly things and then um it just becomes a cute little part of your your little whatever you got going on you know it's very cute oh it's very cute i love it what else Am I really brain to date? Do I have really nothing to talk about? My conf is coming along. It's, uh, I mean, nothing incredibly intriguing yet, but it's so funny. The guys at work are like, are you seriously? And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, sure am. (laughs) Most of them make the joke like, you planning on killing us or something? No, guys, no. I like all of you. I'm not gonna kill you guys. I learned how some electrical stuff worked yesterday. They use um, massive boxes that we use that are installed on those power cables outside because I need to be aware of the parts that go inside. And it's so cool learning how those things work. Dude, fiber cable is so thin, it's crazy. And you wouldn't expect it, Um, but you learn about how they want the current to have a lot less loss. So the thinner the wire, the better the, the current moves through it and the faster it can without any transference or loss of the electricity or of the whatever it is. like. I don't know. Technical terms, you know, I'm not too good with. Just understanding how the function works, though, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like to learn stuff. I like to watch people fix and build stuff. Oh, man. Men who work with their hands are so my thing. You know what I mean? Like, I work around electricians and shit, and they're cool. They're always working. They're always doing crazy stuff. And I enjoy that. It's a lot of fun. But since my brain is basically fried today, what I'm going to do I'm going to pull up this article that I saw because it made me a little lol this morning when I looked at it so now I gotta share that shit with you okay bc man oh this is local won't order from skip the dishes app again after a bad surprise ah she let's see a BC man who recently ordered a meal using the popular food delivery app Skip the Dishes says he made a shocking discovery. Oh, they put shocking discovering. Yikes, guys. Doesn't anybody edit your shit? When the order arrived at his home. I can't believe what I saw. Basically, half a cheesecake that someone had eaten, Frank Forchuk said. First of all, that's really gross. Yikes. The restaurant that prepared the dish says a photo indicates it was more likely dropped in transit. The South Surrey resident says back in September he placed an order with Whitespot through Skip the Dishes. I ordered a hamburger with fixings and fries and the thing that I was most looking forward to was the cheesecake. Immediately, Forchak says he called Whitespot and Evil, a general manager, a photo of the cheesecake. White Spot sent an email to Forchock stating, Thank you once again for your feedback regarding your skip order this evening. I'm sorry for the condition in which you received your dessert. That is definitely not normal. White Spot offered Forchock a $20 voucher off his next food purchase. He said he had no response from Skip the Dishes. Consumer Matters reached out to both White Spot and Skip the Dishes on Forchock's behalf to inquire about the condition of the cheesecake. Oh my God. White Spot said, Incidents of this nature are extremely rare, adding we unfortunately cannot say what happened to the cheesecake once it was picked up by Skip the Dishes. We expect it was simply dropped in transit, but our delivery partner has not confirmed the cause of damage. White Spot also told Global News it asked its staff to photograph a fresh portion of the cheesecake in the same size takeout containers. Forchok's order and deliberately dropped the container to inspect the resulting damage. <laughs> Okay. The side by side comparison suggests the dessert delivered by Skip the Dishes was simply damaged in transit and not partially eaten or directly tampered with. Regardless of the cause, we are taking this opportunity to evaluate our packaging protocol for takeout meals. However, Forchak says he's not. Holy shit, does this really need to be any fucking longer than this? Oh, my God. All right. He's not, con- he's not convinced. He's not going to use the app again. It's okay. I think Uber Eats is coming. I honestly have no idea what's happening with Uber or Lyft. Um, I do hear, actually, you know what I should do? Hold up a sec. Hold up, all right? Today, this is a bumpy, turbulent ride because I don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm going to put this out. And I don't even care, doc, because sometimes you have days like that life's good when you're way too fucking tired because you're working way too much oh let's see what's happening with transit um i did hear news transit news dear why is this so hard oh boy here it is are we ready metro vancouver bus drivers serve 72 hour strike notice god damn it Union says Coast Mountain Bus Company is showing little respect for conditions faced by bus drivers. (sighs) I have no idea what to say about this. This is so frustrating. Listen, bus drivers, you sit all day, you drive a bus, there are certain conditions that are part and parcel of that job. When you take that job, you know this, if you're not happy with the pay or you weren't happy with all the union perks you get and all that stuff, you know what you should have been doing is looking for other employment. Now, I've seen a lot of complaints, right? Oh, we don't get enough time for breaks. Oh, we don't get any breaks. Oh, we have to do a split shift and we get four hours in between. Your complaints are all in your contract. These are things that you knew you were getting into. The idea that these guys would grind the entire city to a halt because they're not getting paid enough, because they think they're overworked. How are you overworked? I I don't even understand. You sit all day and you drive. Maybe that's the problem. So some of these guys make like 30 plus dollars, okay? But that's just for the driving portion. That's just for their time. They get insane benefits. They get so many perks. They are taken care of. I, I know a guy who's a bus driver. He goes for a massage like once a week, okay? They get great medical dental coverage. Your family gets great coverage. The union fucking takes care of you, Oh, I mean, sorry. Yeah, the union takes care of you. Oh, my God, these bus drivers. The idea that you, who actually make a good living doing what you do, would want to put the entire city of people, many of whom are dependent for their bread and butter because they can't afford to drive or because it's easier for them to take transit, have to now scramble and make plans. Spend extra money that they probably don't have, that we probably don't have. Like, I'm looking to rent a car if this shit happens. I don't have any other option. I'm gonna have to rent a car for a week. That's gonna be gas money I don't wanna spend. That's gonna be renting a car money I don't wanna spend. Like, it's a good thing I have my license and can drive. Honestly, it'll be kind of fun, but I'd prefer not to do it. I'm so gonna get an SUV, dog. <laughs> I love driving SUVs, hopefully, if I can get one. Because I imagine enterprise and all those places will be hella busy with people who will need to rent a car if this strike actually causes any disruption in what's happening. So the 72-hour strike has been issued. Let's see what's happening. God damn it. Transit keeps this fucking city going. You have no idea how... Let me just check. Let me tell you how many people. How many people daily use transit in BC? I put translit. You are not translit, okay? You are. Boo. <coughs> Let's see this. This is... uh. Every blah, blah, blah. I don't care about the article. Can I just get numbers? I just wanna see numbers. Oh, well, this is not helpful. I don't want percentages. 30% of Vancouver commuters use transit. 29% of Burnaby commuters. 19% of Richmond commuters. 18% 18% of Coquitlam commuters. Surrey, a large city with four SkyTrain stations that is serviced mostly by buses, has 15% of commuters using transit. 81% take cars. What are the numbers like, though? Oh. Well, that doesn't really help, does it? Let's see. Excuse me, computer. Computer. Every year, the numbers do increase. And I do understand. I mean, you're going to give your employees raises and stuff, right? But can we be real here? I don't I just don't really understand the complaints. And what's in the balance of what's happening with the strike is that so many people are going to be scrambling and finding a way to go to work and not have a way to work. And it's just going to be yeah, let's, let's put the entire fucking province or the, the entire lower mainland under stress, shall we? Under duress, because that seems like the thing to do. Let's see. The union representing bus drivers in Metro Vancouver has served Coast and bus company with a 72-hour notice of job action. Unifor says the employer has failed to address operators' concerns about pay, benefits, and working conditions during contract negotiations. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's hard... It's not hard to understand what is happening here. The company is showing little respect for the difficult working conditions that our members must face every day. What are these difficult working conditions? You sit in a seat all day that is fairly comfortable. You have to drive a bus and you have to deal with some people. Where is the, what is the difficulty in the condition of your job? Whoops. Whoops. Oh, my God. That's my last-ditch alarm, my friend. Last-ditch alarm. Why do I have all these things that I can't see? Hold up a sec. Anyways, I saw a long post on Facebook that someone had posted. A friend of mine had shared it with me. About these working conditions. You don't understand. We gotta deal with angry people. We gotta look at the road and drive we gotta do this, we gotta do, oh my god, are you seriously complaining about having to watch the road, you gotta be joking, right, how can your benefits get any better, I just don't, I don't understand, these guys have such a great pension plan, and oh, I fail to understand, right, and then the thing with these fucking union employees, too, is you, you give them an inch, they want a mile, it's There's always a little degree of tyranny everywhere, right? It's just not fair. It just has to be totally not fair. They gotta complain. The union said that if an agreement is not reached by Thursday at midnight, workers will begin job action affecting transit services. The action could include a rolling strike or work-to-rule options, but the exact forum has yet to be decided. Unifor represents more than 5,000 transit workers in Metro Vancouver, including bus drivers, bus workers, and maintenance staff. Members of Unifor Locals 111 and 2200 voted 99% in favor of a strike mandate on October 10th. The last time the region saw a transit strike was in 2001 when the drivers were off the job for four months. Luckily, I don't think I was using transit. I don't know what I was doing at the time. I was in high school still. I guess my parents were still driving me, I don't know. The union representatives said the major sticking points in negotiations with the employer are the need to hire more drivers. Okay. I understand. Maybe you'll be maybe you're overworked. That's a totally fair complaint, but sometimes that happens. Sometimes you got to pick up the slack a little bit, and you're still going to get paid OT. Dude, sometimes these guys make time and a half. That means on top of your $30 wage, you're making an additional $45. You're making... Oh my God, just whatever. You're not. You're not. Time and a half. And math is poor, you see. So $45 an hour to sit down and drive. Establishing wages competitive with other major transit agencies... Listen, Toronto, which is who they're comparing their salaries to, is much busier than Vancouver. Get over yourselves, reducing overcrowding on buses, providing longer breaks. So the only things I can see here are the need to hire more drivers, reducing overcrowding on buses. Okay, so maybe you're understaffed. Maybe you need some more some more drivers. That's great. The problem is, if there aren't many people applying for that job, where are they going to find drivers from? You can't really force people to be drivers. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know how you're going to reduce overcrowding on buses because they have been adding buses to routes now for the last year. Trust me, my monthly pass has been seeing an increase every three to four months. I feel like every quarter there has been an increase. Cause I was paying like ninety, and now I'm at ninety five. I know it doesn't sound that big of a deal, but it's like it creeps up a dollar or two here and there. I'm not bothered by it. I pay it right. It is what it is. That's how it goes. <clears throat> but also, um, there are just going to be more people using stuff. That the area is growing. Um, Surrey has been trying to attract people to move here for quite some time, and. Uh, people are moving here you know there's a lot of people coming this is just something we all have to adapt to things are going to get very challenging as as the the city grows providing longer breaks now sometimes I'm of the of the understanding that these guys will have to work a split shift meaning they have like an hour sometimes in between sometimes they have four hours in between that is meant to serve as your break what do you need a break from like is an hour not good I don't understand you're, you're sitting down all day sometimes when I'm at my office job and and I'm sitting there all day I don't even take a break because I'm sitting there all day oh you're not driving though Amy what's the difference okay you have to like manage kind of and be careful just try not to get into an accident pay attention to the road you do the job you're paid to do you know I don't really know In a written statement, Coast Mountain said it's ready to return to negotiations as soon as possible. Over the last three years, Metro Vancouver's transit system has seen unprecedented growth, leading all transit agencies in Canada and the United States, the statement says. The company says it's made unprecedented and significant improvements to bus service, including hiring more than 1,000 bus drivers in the last two years. At this moment, there are no disruptions to service, but CNBC, BC Rapid Transit Company, Transit Police and Translake are working to develop a robust contingency plan to assist customers should a worst case scenario unfold. Uh, this is going to be a very yeah. Um this is this is very challenging. Um it's going to be very difficult to deal with this if um there are no buses running, no skytrain running. Businesses are going to have a real tough time. So they've put Coast Mountain in a very difficult position because no one's going to blame the transit workers. No one's going to say, hey, can you guys be reasonable and understand that sometimes you might have to give a little bit more? You're still going to get paid your overtime. You still have your great benefits. Ugh. It's so horrendous when you see that somebody is getting something and they have it so good, yet they're still bitching and complaining. It's amazing to me. I just can't handle that kind of shit. It's super, super fucking petty. This is not the worst job. Nowhere near. Okay, you guys are treated so well by the union. And just the attitude. Like, we, I went for Thanksgiving dinner at Brian's house and one of our... I'm not going to call him my friend because he ain't an acquaintance, was, is a bus driver. And he was talking about how, well, man, if I'm going to get my money, I'm going to get my money. And I'm like, you understand how douchey that sounds considering the entire city is dependent on transit to move people so they can keep businesses running and keep our little economy in motion. And you're sitting here complaining after just getting a fucking massage this week, which you get every week with your benefits, the braces you just gotten taken off, you fucking dork. That was paid for by Trent. Like you're saying you're not treated well and you're sitting here with a smile talking about going on strike? Dude, selfish, cunty, Nah, uh This is not how this should happen. But you know what? It's all good. We're going to deal with this properly and just hope that it goes okay. These little babies are probably going to get what they want. Hopefully the city doesn't grind to a halt, but if it does, oh, you'll hear about it. And we'll see how that goes. So much for being inspired. I was all excited talking about dead mouse and making music. And then I'm like, oh, I should go look at this real life thing. That's like a total bummer. Oh, total bummer, by the way. Let me see if I can find something else for us to read because I think what I'm going to do is quickly jump off, so I can relax for a bit before I gotta go and do a nice long day today. All right, are we ready? Here's an interesting one: Women who hold anti-feminist attitudes tend to fake orgasms more frequently. Study finds. Isn't that interesting? Are we talking like? Mm, would I be considered anti-feminist? I have a hard time faking orgasms, though. I don't know how you do that. Because uh, your like the muscle walls of your vagina contract and stuff, right? Everything kind of, like, pulses. So how do you fake that? It's kind of like with guys. Like, how do guys fake orgasms? I don't understand. New... <laughs> New research published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior provides evidence that women's beliefs about gender are related to their faking orgasm behavior. Hmm, I think of sex as a very private, intimate event, and one in which people don't have a great deal of guidance. Totally agree. People know that it's normative to have sex, but I don't think there's a common understanding of exactly how to have sex and what to do said study author emily a harris a postdoctoral research fellow at queen's university in canada represent it can be a vulnerable time i think our ideologies our views about the world including our views about men and women help to guide what we do in the bedroom dude this is very true um if you're not attracted to somebody right if you like that's one thing that happened like at the very end of that really shitty relationship that i was in as i realized that we are not in any way compatible personality wise value wise the way that we behave the things that we care about and like he was just in my body and i felt sick like i needed him out out gross my body wasn't even reacting to him and i was just like you need to stop just get off. (laughs) All right. Well, I just kept my mouth shut. I let him do his thing. And then he he got out. And I was like, I don't ever want to do that again. But it's very true. It really does affect well, for me, it does anyway. Some people are are lucky in the sense that that's not something they care about at all. But I use the the language of immunology and illness when I think of letting things into my body. And it's, it's kind of like, it's that thing I was talking about I think last week in one of the articles, I have a high disgust factor. So things that are going to be in my body are either going to be a contaminant or something good, right? Um, If I don't want it in there, I treat it like a virus. It's a contaminant. I don't want it in me. It's gross. It's going to put things in me that are gross and I don't want to be contaminated in any way by that thing. This is like part of the traditional upbringing that I still have with me is that I have this It's like a it's like a purity thing. I like to be clean. (laughs) So that's probably a huge reason why I was never into the whole casual sex thing because it's just the potential for contamination is so large. And I just I don't know, just want to be pure, you know? (laughs) I just wanna be pure. (laughs) I have oh, let's see. I was interested in how these ideologies might explain whether or not women fake their orgasm. It's crazy, too, because over time is when you realize that you don't share someone's values. People's values are very tacit, you know, they are something that they act out. People will say a lot of shit and give you a lot of lip service and tell you what they believe and tell you what their ideals are. But remember, those are ideals. Ideals are very different from values. Generally, you'd think those two things would be related. But remember, people say a lot of shit. So you will get to know what people value over time by viewing their behavior. Because as Jordan Peterson said, people act out their values. They act them out. That's why actions are always greater than words, my friends. I have my co-author Hannah Larson to thank for starting our discussion of faking orgasm who has an interest in the topic from an evolutionary psychology perspective. The researchers surveyed 462 heterosexual women from the United Kingdom who had been in a relationship for at least four months. The scientific questionnaires assess the women's political ideology, religiosity, sexist beliefs, gendered beliefs about sex and orgasm, relationship history, ability to orgasm, partner sexual skill, and fidelity concerns. My study and many others show that faking orgasms is relatively common. 77% of women in my sample had faked an orgasm at least once. (coughs) Unsurprisingly, women who found it easy to orgasm and women who rated their partner's sexual skill highly tended to fake their orgasm less frequently. Women who were more concerned about their partner cheating were, on the other hand, more likely to have faked an orgasm. But ideological factors and beliefs about gender also predicted how often women fake their orgasms. These final pieces are what interest me the most. Women's beliefs about gender are associated with their likelihood of faking orgasm. Specifically, women who think that a man needs to orgasm in order for that man to feel satisfied are going to feel greater pressure to orgasm and will be more likely to fake her orgasms, Harris told SciPost. You ever heard those times where you just fuck and you don't orgasm? I've definitely had that before. You know? but it's not it's always been like a more of a fun thing um, than anything and uh, with guys I've never felt bad if the guy didn't come right like usually he'll complain about it and if he complains about it it will be taken care of but some days he just can't He'll keep going and going, and he's like, "I fucking can't. I just, I'm too tired." And you know what? That's the thing you notice too is, if you're malnourished, if you're not eating properly, if you're not drinking water, if you're not getting enough sleep, you're dehydrated. This kind of stuff it really affects your sexual ability. You know, it will change the degree to which you can perform and how you can perform. And some guys just like, if you're tired, your dick's not going to stay hard, right? And the same thing happens with girls. Like your body just doesn't react if it doesn't feel good enough to provide that kind of energy to create what needs to happen. If you don't get wet or that could also be because you're just not reacting to the man's body, right? Sometimes you think you're into someone, but your body will tell you the truth about that. It isn't always that as we just went through, but you know. <clears throat> happens women also tended to fake orgasms more frequently if they scored higher on a measure of hostile sexism which describes a belief that women who challenge men's power are manipulative and subversive i certainly don't believe that women should challenge me- any okay people should challenge each other in those situations i know in this particular case it is definitely about women challenging men in particular but here's the thing though what's really annoying about doing that and this is a whole other thought cast is try and challenge a guy who's headstrong and stubborn and thinks he's always fucking right try doing that he'll dismiss you as crazy he'll tell you you're the problem and he won't fucking listen to anything you have to say and that's the most annoying shit ever that's a child that's a man child that's not somebody who sees you as an equal. Just know that. If he cares about your opinion, if he cares to listen, if he actually thinks you have good things to say, and if he actually has respect for you, he will listen to what you have to say. Okay? If not, that's man-child shit. Because if you fuck up, he'll expect you to listen. He'll expect you to listen and he'll expect you to give a shit. And if you don't listen, you're a fucking crazy bitch and you're like this, this, and this person that he's dated before and blah, blah, blah. That was a total tangent. But oh my God, I have so much to say on that. I'll have to get back to that someday. Okay, women who challenge men's power are manipulative and subversive. Okay, yikes. Women who hold anti-feminist attitudes don't have anything holding them back from faking orgasm. Hmm. Whereas women who adopt a feminist worldview may not fake orgasm because it goes against her belief in a woman's right to pleasure and her right to talk about sex openly, Harris explained. (coughs) Oh my god, I couldn't imagine ever thinking about the issue of feminism in relation to sex, but, you know. It's correlational, obviously. Of course, the reasons for faking an orgasm are multifaceted. It's important to keep in mind that some of these effect sizes are small, and we are not trying to tell the whole story of why some women are more likely to fake orgasm than others. I appreciate that they put that shit in these articles, right? Please note that this is the condition of the study that makes it a little more difficult to broadly state this point. Please understand that this is correlational data and it doesn't speak to the entire story. We're just looking at one aspect. It's it's appreciated. The caveats are good. Reasons for faking an orgasm can vary from one situation to another. For example, previous research has found that women sometimes fake an orgasm to speed up their male partner and put an end to bad sex. (laughs) Oh, if the sex is bad, push him off, bro. Mm. That is something that I, I don't know, my my insides are very sensitive, so it's a little difficult to make it feel bad. But again, it's more that, that it would be that experience that I had with one of my exes, right? Where it was just like, you're fucking gross. Everything about you as a person is gross. Ew, get out. That is bad to me. Um, cause I generally like it when someone's in my head, right? I like that. I like it when someone's in my head because then I'm like, oh, intrigued. Nice. Very good. But otherwise, uh, no, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I just have to suck it up and put myself through a situation where I'm not enjoying myself. I just be like, look, can you stop, please? This is not fun. And also he'll get the feedback that way too. You know? He will get the feedback. A major caveat is that my my data can only speak to the experience of heterosexual women. We know very little about the experiences of faking orgasm among women who aren't partnered with men. Another question that needs to be addressed is what are the consequences of faking orgasm? How does it make the faker feel? And how does it make her partner feel if they were to find out? The study Beliefs About Gender Predict Faking Orgasm in Heterosexual Women was authored by Emily A. Harris, Matthew J. Hornsey, Hannah F. Larson, and Fiona Kate Barlow. I can't imagine that the partner who found out his partner was faking an orgasm would feel good about it. Why would he? Right? I mean, there's a reason you're faking the orgasm, isn't there? (laughs) There is certainly a reason. I often wonder, like if you're in a situation where you have to fake an orgasm, like as soon as that's gone for me, I can't, I just can't. That means I'm, I, I'm not interested in being intimate with you because that physical intimacy is quite a huge part. And I'm not just talking sex in particular. I'm talking like wanting to hold someone and touch them and kiss them and hold their little face in your hands and all that kind of cute shit. If if that's not there, if the desire isn't there, which, by the way, the, the taste of that stuff can totally go acerbic for me if if all the other stuff isn't there to facilitate the physical um, intimacy and relationship. I just don't want to be around. I, I don't. Ugh. I'm like, ew, gross. So I, I don't. I don't understand why people would want to be in a situation where it's because they don't want to hurt their partner's feelings or whatever. Do them a favor and tell them the truth. You know? Do you know? (laughs) You will help them out in the long run and you will be happier in the long run not being with somebody you have to fake orgasms with. It's got to be really sucky though if you're really in love with a person and they're great, but they're just really shitty in bed or have like a super small dick or something. It's the only other reason I can think of that someone would fake an orgasm. But I mean, I don't know. Are you going to stay in a relationship with bad sex? You can't tell your partner to do this or do that? Or like, I don't understand, you know? And we get it. Like in the beginning, that's not going to happen, right? You're all like shy. You're kind of like exploring. You're like getting to, not shy, but kind of getting to know how this person moves and how this person does this and how this person does that. So you can kind of start to... Y- you get into each other over time And then you can recognize in a short period Whether you're compatible in that way or not And I guess you have to compensate For ways in which you're not If you still want to be with the person But lying and faking the orgasm I don't know about that I really don't know about that But I don't think it's the way to go But that's just like my opinion, man Right? That's just like my opinion, man And uh, it's all good <laughs> It is all good Anyways, this rambling that I have done that has been so messy and silly, so silly. Oh, so silly. You know, I haven't listened to Dalia in a long time. Maybe I should do that. But I really like Tim Dylan. Tim Dylan just has this way of hitting you. He just hits you with the way that he says things. Um, and I don't know. It's really, it's like eye-opening shit. I love how he's just like, you don't want the truth. None of you people want the fucking truth. And it's so funny because so many of us, I mean, even myself, you know, I understand that on a daily basis, I operate with a level of delusion so that I can keep going because, dude, this shit gets tiring sometimes. But it's the degree of delusion that I'm always trying to calibrate And make sure it doesn't just get on that runaway, into that runaway zone where it's just like, it's just carrying my life. And I'm telling myself I'm successful and I'm this and I'm that. I got everything. I am everything. I'm the funniest. I have the best podcast in the world. I have this. I have that. I got this. When I don't have it, you know, (laughs) I don't want to get in that zone. That's a shitty place to be. And even shittier, if you manage to convince the people around you of the bullshit lie you're telling yourself, because then they are going to be a catalyst to the stupid things you believe about yourself. But the point that Tim Dillon made was, in the entertainment industry, you have to believe you're better, even if you're not. Even if you're not. And that's one reason I never want to get there because I feel like if you think you're better and you think you're great, what is going to motivate you to be better? And how can you gauge whether you're getting better or not if you already think you're great? I don't understand that mathematical equation of cognition. I do not. All I know is that delusion is a powerful and dangerous drug. Take too much of it And it will fuck you up long term. And I just am a little too afraid of that. So maybe being or attempting to be as close to reality as possible, keeping myself in check, staying grounded, trying my best to keep it real. Maybe that's something that's going to keep me a little bit down. You know, maybe it's something that prevents me from flourishing. But the idea of going in the opposite direction and thinking I'm fantastic and great when I do not have the fruits to show for how great I am, I don't know, dude. It just seems, it just seems, I I can't, it just doesn't seem like the thing to do. So, maybe I wasn't made for the obviously, I wasn't made for the entertainment industry. I don't even look like I can be in the entertainment industry. Hey, house, that's why there's a thought cast and not a night show. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of night show, if Lily Singh is getting one of those, I certainly would never take interest. Yo, that show, uh, I watched a video about it a week ago, her nightly show on NBC. Oh, man, it is all the cringe. And I just, oh, oh, so cringy. So cringy. I don't like the idea of shoving in people's faces my brownness or being like, you must be surprised that a brown girl's doing this. Ha, 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 ha. Look, a brown girl got a night show. All you white people must be mad. It's just so bad. It's, it's like that a lot. It really is. It's such a fucking awful way. To empower, because that's what it's being sold as. It's female empowerment. It's racial empowerment. It's the empowerment of the minorities and of the downtrodden and of the constantly oppressed. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Oh, that's this word oppression. How are you going to live in the Western world and be like, I'm oppressed? Oh my God, you people have no idea. It's such a, such a, such a huge position of privilege to speak from when you're on a show you just signed with a huge network complaining about how the white man is, keep, is keeping you down, bro. Oh my God. All I can say is I'm glad that's not me, Okay. And though I am flawed, I am so glad my relationship to reality isn't that tenuous. People will tell me it is. No, asshole, it's because yours is. Don't project on me. Your problems are your own. I'm dealing with shit as best as I can. (laughs) All right? All right? And you know what? I'm quite all right with that. It's all good, baby, baby. Anyways, what is the day today? Was it Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? Oh, gosh, it's Tuesday. Halloween is in two days. Anybody got plans? Did everybody do their partying on the weekend? I bet they did. It's weird when Halloween's in the middle of the week, huh? You're like, well, I can't do it the weekend after because it's already November and I can't really, I guess the weekend before, but it's so early, you know? I guess you just got to make do. Anyways, cutie pies, baby boys, I hope you're doing great. I hope you had a good day. If you made it through this 50-minute clusterfuck of whatever the fuck I talked about, I, I appreciate ya. Thank you for listening. Um, it's been good. You know, thoughts. I've always got thoughts. They're always there. Million things to talk about, not enough time. You know, it's kind of nice. The morning time is the only time I really get to sit now and just do this. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. Oh, Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult just because I am tired, but lately I haven't been letting that stop me, you know? I I get I should be getting about seven hours, but I I need to function on six if I want to get shit done. So I will take a little bit of a hit on the sleep. I'll wake up well however long it takes me to just rub the sleep out of my eyes I will and that's okay because I gotta wake up and I gotta do this it just feels good I was gonna go and book some time with us with a therapist you know because I've been looking for one because I really want to talk to one I think it'll be really interesting and good for me but I only have one day off right now so I gotta wait for that shit to settle and I'm telling you right now My boss, my original boss from my office job, it's going to be, I'm probably going to be there for a while (laughs) because he's going to have a very difficult time running that place without me because, uh, bitch, I handled shit in that office and me not being there has really shown him how much he needs me and, you know, finding somebody is going to be a bit of a challenge, but everything one at a time, one at a time, we got this. It feels good to be needed, it feels good to feel valued, and it feels so good when someone realizes, oh shit, you actually did a lot here. Yeah, bitch, I did. I do. Because that's what I do, (laughs) okay? (laughs) We're here to work. We're here to make things better. I'm here to ameliorate your situation. And if I'm not, kick me out, get me out of there, I gotta go too. Don't be in situations you don't make better. It just doesn't make sense. You're just draining each other. Don't be a vampire. The world is a vampire. Sent you drain. You know what I'm saying. Anyways, have a great day. Kick some ass. We'll chat soon, okay? Mwah. Bye!